0: Hi guys and welcome to the Walking With Anxiety podcast with me, Stephen Dawes. Thank you for joining me as always. Now today I want to talk a little bit about virtual reality. Now virtual reality is something that's been around for a few years now in various different types and forms. It was um, in the past, it would maybe be something like one of those big aircraft carrier type things where you'd sit into the, in the big box and it would move around and make you feel as though you were on a roller coaster or on an airplane, things like that, you know, one of those simulator things. But then of course it evolved over the period of time to the point where you could wear the hardware and become more immersed in the virtual reality experience. And that was something that really excited me when it was first came out because I thought, well this is really good, you know, so many many things you can do with this type of um, this type of technology. Nowadays there's so many different types of virtual reality out there you know it's, it's kind of become really almost mainstream in a way because you can now access it in various different ways that you couldn't before. Before it was uh, maybe a couple of years ago the PlayStation came out with their but their version of the VR and that's of course a bit quite a big and cumbersome headset that you wear and then of course you have the Oculus Rift and things like this which are also a bit cumbersome but they're also dedicated pieces of hardware so you need to plug them into your laptop or to your computer or your PlayStation or wherever it might be so that you can experience what you want to see but now of course it's become even more commonplace because you can now access it on your mobile phone and there's little cases you can buy that you can put your phone into and there are games and videos on YouTube that you can watch and play and become immersed in VR that way and that's even easier than it ever has been before and I think what the great thing about this is that it can give people access to things that wouldn't necessarily have access to for example i know that games are probably the biggest thing that vr has brought to people but i think it goes way beyond that i mean i've seen applications for museums where they do virtual tours and you can go into the virtual world onto your headset or wherever it might be and walk around the museum as if you were in there and i think that's some fantastic idea because if you live halfway across the world from this museum, say, for example, you want to see the British Museum and you live in Australia, the chance of actually getting to see the British Museum in the flesh or in the stone, as it were, might be quite remote. Whereas if you have a virtual tour, you can sit in your living room and go around the British Museum. And OK, it's not exactly the same, but it's pretty close. Because you're still able to see everything, you're still able to look around and see the, the space and how big it is and things like this and get the sense of scale. So I think it's got a lot of applications. Also, one thing that I personally used a couple of years ago was the BBC brought out an app during the World Cup where you could go into virtual reality and you could sit in the stand and watch the game or you could sit behind the goal and watch the game and it was great i really enjoyed it especially when you have your earphones on and that's kind of really what i was thinking about because i know there are some people out there who may not have been involved with virtual reality may think to themselves well you can't really see you can't really experience it you're not really there but i have to tell you when i've done vr myself after a while you do kind of get into the whole atmosphere of where you are especially if you're wearing headphones and you do tend to forget that you're in this world and you kind of forget what's going on around you outside of of this virtual world because you're immersed in what you're doing and there's been a lot of research and I've been looking into some of it on on a website that I've been looking at called the Scientific American and they've been talking about how virtual reality might be able to help people with certain mental health conditions because it can give them a sense of being somewhere or doing something without actually doing it or without actually being there. And it can be a safe way to help people with certain conditions. Now, this in terms of helping mental health isn't anything new. Uh, They've been using virtual reality in this situation for PTSD for a number of years and they seem to have got some good results from it. And I think that's part of the reason why they're looking at uh, going further into other conditions. And they've mentioned some of them in this article, and I'll put a link to it in the description on the podcast. But it's, also, it's quite clever the way that they're looking at um, incorporating this into mental health technology and into helping people through therapy. One of the ways that they're going to try and do this is through exposure therapy. Now, if you, ha- if you don't know what exposure therapy is, basically, if you have a phobia of some particular type, then there are many people out there, therapists, doctors, and other people who say exposure therapy is the best way to overcome that phobia. And I've spoken about it before on previous phobia, phobia specials that I've done on the podcast. But in essence, what it means is that you are exposing yourself to that phobia, that thing you're afraid of, in increasing amounts until the point where you get used to it or you get used to feeling how you are when you're in front of that particular object or whatever it might be and then eventually you become desensitized to it and you get used to it and it doesn't become a phobia anymore. So for example, if you had a fear of snakes, then it might be that first you would look at a picture of a snake and then you would maybe look at a video of a snake and then you would go into a room with a snake in a box and gradually get closer and closer to the snake for real until you might be able to touch it or might be able to pick it up, you might be able to do all kinds of things that you would never originally have believed you could do. And there are a lot of people who say that exposure therapy is incredibly beneficial for them and they are thinking that VR can help in this situation because if you are, for example, scared of heights, then taking you to high places could be a little bit risky, a little bit dangerous and plus the fact it's um, not necessarily an environment they can control. However, they could put you into virtual reality and then you could go into progressively higher places in the virtual reality world which would still give you the similar feelings of being high up, but you're in a controlled environment. You're in an environment where they can monitor you and they can assess how you're doing and they can stop it at any time, take you out of that situation and you're fine. So I think it actually has quite a few benefits in the situation because it does give you the ability to control the the situation and control the exposure therapy much in a much better degree than in other situations particularly if if you're dealing with things like heights. So from that point of view I think it's quite a good idea. Another area that they're looking at which could be good for virtual reality is for things like social anxiety because if you're socially socially anxious as I am myself it could be the case that you don't like going out into crowds of people or you don't like going into social situations or you don't like speaking in front of many people. Now it could be that rather than putting you into a big crowd of people and trying to get you over your phobia by doing that, they could introduce you into a crowd of people in the virtual world, which would still be quite challenging for you in terms of your phobia or in terms of your stress levels, but would be a controlled environment. So if you did become really panicked, if you had a panic attack and you really couldn't cope with it, they could then remove you from that situation fairly easily. The same goes for public speaking. If you have a phobia of public speaking, you could then perhaps be going into a virtual world and doing a, a presentation in front of a group of people. And of course, although it won't be necessarily exactly the same as doing it for real, it does give you a sense of what it would be like and it gives you practice in front of many different people and your your nerves and your anxiety would be dealt with a lot easier in that situation and then when eventually you got into the real situation it wouldn't necessarily be as bad because you've already experienced what it would feel like in the virtual world and I think there are many different things that they could use in terms of trying to help people um, in this way I think there's also other benefits that you can have I mean you could have virtual therapists. I mean you know if, if you have a therapist if you're housebound for example and your therapist is a long way from where you live then you could do a virtual reality via therapy or things like this. I know you can do it via video link but in a virtual world it might feel a little bit more contact with the person that you're talking to you'd have a bit more of a of a feeling of where they are and what they're doing and, and a bit more um, a bit more in-depth conversation with them because you feel like you're in the same space that they are. I think that would have a very good place for virtual reality to be used in certain therapy situations. Of course, there are many other situations where you could use virtual reality in terms of medical procedures, in terms of all types of things. And I know that virtual reality in itself isn't quite as high high-profile as it used to be for example I mean back in 2017 or whatever I mean it was really really popular And although it is not quite as popular as it was back then I think there are still many many areas where virtuality can be beneficial and I certainly think that this is one of them for mental health in many ways having access to these services can be very difficult and if you don't have the resources available should I say to access these mental health services then you could be waiting for a very long time to get your exposure therapy or to get your talking therapy or whatever it might be so if you're able to access it virtually that I think would be very very good for you it would be very good for the people who are providing that service because it would probably be cheaper and it would also be utilising existing technology to help people with something that can be very very difficult to deal with so I think it's a win-win situation myself but as that said I will leave a link to the uh, article in the description to the podcast and I'll let you read it and see what you think. That's all I've got time for today. Thank you for listening to the podcast as you always do. I hope you're having a good week out there and I hope that the rest of the week goes well for you and I'll speak to you later on in the week. Until next time, thank you very much. Bye bye.